Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Dr. Homebrew. This show is the Mexican Lager Show. Actually, it's the Doctor Doctor's Homebrew Homebrew Show, because what we've been talking about for a couple months now between us on our internal chat, our boys chat, is that we should be brew- we should be homebrewing together. Let's homebrew a recipe. Same recipe. Let's come up with it. It'll be a good show. Um, so we talked about it the other day, and we said, you know what? Mexican Lager. Let's do that. Karen's been asking yes. me for Mexican Lager, and I'm like, okay. Uh, it's actually, instead of that pale ale, I was almost going to make a Mexican Lager. I was like, eh, I don't really want to. So I pitched it to you guys, you guys agreed, and then I thought, well, we can't just come up with one out of thin air. We have to drink commercial examples. So I went to the store and sort of went ham um, on the Mexican lager aisle, which it doesn't yeah. exist, but there should be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my- I don't think I agree to this, to drinking four Mexican lagers on one show. <laughs> well, you don't have to finish I, I would, them. I would not agree. But- right. We don't have to finish them. But so my my thought process in this was that we can, you know, just take sips of, you know, of, of them and, and sort of jot down the flavor compounds that we enjoy from each beers. We don't have to call them out. Um, and then um, take a break, then we come back, and then we craft the recipe sort of based on what we've been tasting and and want to do something else. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. It's sort of like yeah, commercial I- calibration, but to generate a recipe, right? Something like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm You're going to make me I'm do down, a cereal a cereal mash. You're going to make me do a cereal mash. Do you have to do that? Well, you can use flakes. See, there you go, Cooper. Like I tell my kid, if you have a problem, there's always a solution. But I'm going to gonna do be it. brewing in my spaghetti pot, so that's going to be... We're yeah. going to have all kinds of different techniques and equipment and everything else, and it's going to be really kind of fun to see what, what happens. I think so, too. Brian, do you want yeah. my Pico brew? You can have it. My Zymatic? You know, I had I had one a while back, and I used it for a little bit, and then the whole, then the company went under, and then the whole... Yeah, it was going to require more programming skill, I think, than I, I have. Mm. Oh, I'm still using mine. Okay. Maybe I'm just bad at technology. Well, maybe Cooper can help you. I can help <laughs> you get started on it. Yeah. We'll, we'll right. check. Okay, that'd be cool. Um, but before we do that, I want to tell you about Five Star Chemicals. Of course, everybody knows Five Star because they're the best in the business. But if you want to learn a little bit more about them, go to fivestarchemicals.com. And while you're over there, sign up for the Homebrew Club program. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com slash homebrew hyphen club hyphen program if you want to do it the long way. Or my preferred way is just explore the website because they have a lot of cool information out there, um, a lot of new products that I didn't really even know about, and uh, you know the best ways to clean and sanitize your homebrewing equipment. So check them out while you're there join that homebrew club like i mentioned you can get discounts free stuff uh, monthly seminars to learn a little bit more about this hobby we love so much so thanks to five star for supporting us through this whole journey and uh you know thanks for cleaning all of my stuff it's all i use <laughs> pbw man i love it so much it's good you know, stuff it, it's really it's hard to imagine hard to remember the time before there was five star and <laughs> yeah. what it, it seriously it made such a the pb all, all everything they had made such a difference in, in homebrew <clears throat> it, it really can't be overstated as far as i'm concerned yeah because yeah. it used to be just i mean i i i, I was after bleach you know, I didn't do, I wasn't around for the bleach times. Oh God, I was. In like the 80s or whatever. But then it was just iodophore as a sanitizer, but there was never yep. really, jog my memory, there was never really a cleaner. Right. I would no. clean, I would just clean no. with hot water. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Hot water. And then use the iodophore. So you were skipping a step basically. You were kind of cleaning, but not really fully cleaning. 
Right. And, getting and, and all you had organics. to make like a bleach solution that was just maybe just enough bleach in your combination of bleach and water and then let it dry and hope it wasn't going to give you chlorophenols. It was always <laughs> going to give you chlorophenols. It's fucking bleach. It's a right. terrible idea to use that in anything <clears throat> you're going to make food or yeah. drinks out of. Yeah. But uh, I mean, so, you know, the 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 impact of Five Star on, on the homebrewing community cannot be understated or overstated. No, it really can't. I guess. Yeah, it's, um, it really can't. Yeah, it's pretty massive. All right, let's, let's drink some Mexican lagers, dudes. What do you think? Let's do it. What do you think? Let's I'm excited. Do yeah, I'm excited too. Okay. <laughs> um, we should probably do it in order. The first one, Taco Truck Lager. What do you think? Taco Let's do Truck it. from Dust Bowl. From okay. Dust Bowl Brewing Company. 4.7%. I'm excited for this because uh, I've always seen this on the shelf, but uh, never bought it. Brewed in Turlock, California. I don't know why. So I, I, we have four beers. We have a t- uh, we have a Dust Bowl, Ale Smith. Uh, of course, we have Modelo and then Farmer's Brewing. I tried to find El Sully, but my friggin' BevMo was out. So oh, no. Apologies in advance to Sully for not having El Sully represented because I'm sure it would be the best one. El Sully's freaking awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a good really stuff. great beer. Um, all right, Taco Truck Lager. This says, Say hola to this easy-drinking Mexican-style lager, crisp, smooth, and refreshing. That's just how Taco Truck... Uh, all right, so look at that. It's a big, giant head on that thing. Pretty mm-hmm. good. Uh, not crystal clear, but, you know, okay. I know, I'd, I'd say, I might say mine is crystal clear. Oh, fine. Well, that means a touch a little no, cloudy, but not really. There's a little, there's a light little haze in mine. Yeah, I'm just being overly excited about Taco Truck Lager. Um, First of all, this is actually really good. I, mean, I say actually. I say that all the time. Really I don't is. mean it as like, oh, well, I didn't really... I mean, maybe I did. I don't know. You know, I, I sort of, like, judge beers by their names, you know, like you do with wine. You're like, I don't really know what the fuck I'm looking for, so I look for, like, the artwork and the name. I don't know, Taco Truck, it just doesn't it's not, really, it's not... Not fancy artwork. It's not yeah. fancy artwork, but the the name, to me, is not inviting. But Dust Bowl was, has a good name, uh, you know, in the brewing world. They yeah. do yeah. Some really nice IPAs. Yeah. They do a lot of different styles. So I guess I've just steered I, I, away I from it, because it, it seems more like a, like the beer you would get, like the Trader Joe's brand beer that just sits warm uh, on the shelf. I don't yeah. know, I just didn't really... Mm-hmm. Doesn't really vibe with me. Taco truck. I just don't. I was thinking it might be spiced. You know, all these, I've seen this on the shelf and I've always kind of assumed wrongly, obviously, that it was some kind of spiced beer, like huh. in a taco, taco manner. Yo, yeah, but, sure, dude. Like maybe it had some cilantro. Or some cumin or, some oregano, or something. Yeah. Or some cumin. Cum- cumin. Oregano. Mexican cook. What are you is, talking cumin about? Oregano. That, that cumin and oregano is either Mexican cooking. Oregano? Cook Mex- oh, yeah. Mexican oregano, yeah. Yeah. You can't make pozole without oregano, man. Come on. Let's get real here. I can't. <laughs> um, All right. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised by this beer. As am I. Really tasty. It's bright. It's clean. It's refreshing. There is that. Um, it's it's pretty aggressive bitter too. You guys get that? It, it's, it's it's firmly bitter. There's a fair amount there yeah. to balance it. It's not over the top. No, 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 not over the top. But it's but... the it's crisp. It's it's light yeah. and it's crisp. And because of that, I think the bitterness that is there, you know, it does stand out a little more than it would in a heavier beer. Um, it's very light bodied. Two things. Light. What style would this? What is the Mexican lager style? It's not just its own style, right? It's two two a international pale lager. Okay. What's, it, what's fascinating to me is the Brewers Association dropped a twenty. 23 style guidelines today uh, in, in advance of GABF. And popular as Mexican lagers are, this is still not an official style either for the BJC or for the BA. Yeah, I was looking. 
looking for any style description and yeah, it was the, not in any of the EA or BGCP guidelines. That's odd. That's it, odd it, to it, me. It's really odd given that Mexican lager is like the segment of the beer industry that is continually growing year over year. Uh, and you'd think that there would be, yeah, I mean, Bohemia and, uh, and Negro Modelo, those are, are Vienna lager essentially, right? Because that, yeah. that came from, and historically that comes from a time when there were a lot of German immigrants to to Mexico when uh, uh, like Napoleon the Third was the emperor of Mexico and some shit back in the 1800s. Uh, so Late 1800s, there, yeah, yeah, and, and a lot know, of them moved to uh, to Texas and Mexico. Oh, yeah, and there's still some remnants of of uh, you know uh, those imported beer styles in Texas too. You know, oh yeah, Shinerbach or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's a terrible. reason why parts of Texas, when they were required to have bilingual education, would have their second language be German because they're. <laughs> A shit ton of people moved from Germany and Austria to Mexico in the late 1800s. Uh, and that that brewing, and it, it's kind of funny, The uh, if you listen to mariachi music sometimes, the when you hear that that pop and you hear like, there's a lot of German influence in mariachi. There's oh, a yeah, lot yeah. of oompa stuff in there. Uh, and it's just that that cultural mix of all the Germans that showed up in you know eight, late 1800s. Uh, but you know, in terms of you know, a, a Bohemia is not a Corona or a Pacifico, uh, and I think that it's hard for the BA and for the BJCP to figure out what a quote Mexican lager unquote is. That's different from what's already in the guidelines. Right. That makes sense. What do you yeah, think? So, I mean, Corona Extra is one of them listed under 2A International Pale Lager in current guidelines. Asahi so. Super Dry, Bira Moretti, Corona Extra, Devil's Backbone, Gold Leaf Lager, Full Sail Session Premium Lager, Heineken, Red Stripe, Singha. But not, no. not Modelo. I don't know. I just don't get it. I don't get it. But whatever, man. You know, the guide, commercial examples, that's fine. They're not the end-all be-all, right? We can make no. our own. Well, I mean, this is a style that's, that's copied all over the world. You know, Pilsner's like light, not not German pills, but like Pilsner style beers that got you know, popularized and you know, mass market beers took over and, and spread around the world. And just, yeah. this is what you got. <laughs> they're everywhere. Well, they're all, you know, yeah. everybody wants to be. I wonder what the Mexican beer market would be if the Germans didn't come over. Like, I wonder what their, I wonder what their beer impact would be. Cause it would be, it would exist. I yeah. just, I wonder what it would yeah. look like. Yeah. I understand. I mean, they had, they were making, uh, you know, the Mayans were making fermented chocolate drinks and um, they were drinking, the Mexicans have been, for over a thousand years, Mexicans have been drinking bulk. It's a drink similar to beer brewed with a fermented sap, certain agave plants, get over 6% ABV, uh, but it's not a, a beer with, with, you know, grains per se, but. I'd try it. Yeah, yeah. it's like a mead, yeah. I would guess, at that point. There was some fermented corn right, right. and honey honey beverages. Yeah. I'm reading a really good article on a, on a brewery called Silver Bluff. Yeah, I, that, I saw that, that earlier yeah. myself. You know what I miss as far as Mexican-influenced beers go? What? Is the Mexican stout you'd get at Christmas. And Eagle Rock, uh, JP, had a mm. great one, like 2010-ish. Uh, and that was a style around 2010. People were making like a Christmas imperial stout with Mexican chocolate. Oh, the Mexican chocolate was great. Yeah, there was you a have big... a little ancho chile. There's yeah. a little bit of that heat not it wasn't hot it was never a a, a pepper beer no. but you had that little burn that balanced out the chocolate and oh my god an eagle rock was one of the best oh maybe i can get the recipe what happened it was cool. a party beer now but yeah there was there was a hot moment where mexican chocolate in 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 pastry stouts was like a the thing to do yeah yeah, and which is, I mean, it's good stuff. So why not? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, you know what? I like this beer a lot. I do. I yeah. do think it's um, sort of on the lighter side. I mean, it's four point seven. 
I yeah. I think I want a little more malt out more of out of hefts. ours. Yeah, what do you guys yeah, think? Yeah, the, the corn in it is really, really light. Uh, it goes down very easy. It's crisp and dry. Yeah. A little sulfur in the nose, but that just at first, that kind of blows off. There's nothing super challenging in this beer, but it's a very easy drinking beer. It would be great for hot weather, I would say, because yeah. you know, it might also mm. actually be hydrating compared to some of the stronger mm. ones. I would also want it, lower it bitterness. Crisp, smooth and refreshing, it's just sh- like the can says. It's sharp. It's too sharp for me. Sharp. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, what's the next one? You want to do the Alesmith one? Well, what's, uh, let's go by abv maybe okay the, this, i mean we didn't start Modelo, with ABV, so i don't know uh well you did actually because this is oh. 4. 4. 4.7 i it's didn't mean lightest, to i guess <laughs> it's the lightest one the we've far, got farmers is 5.5 the Modelo is probably it's uh 4. 5. oh this actually no you didn't the Modelo is even lighter so we should probably drink the 4.4 just to let's do Modelo. So we don't go too much the other way Let's do the Modelo, boys. I love a Modelo. I, I, I. It's a great beer. Modelo rules. It, it's it's tasty. It's it's a good beer. All right. Although the, uh, the dog bark. I got a twelve pack of Modelo right. uh, last year, and like with the cans, like just it was crazy. Just picking them up, they like just almost fell apart, and they were just spraying beer everywhere. I don't know what was up with that. <laughs> Man, uh, must have been, it was just ba- a bad bad can bad assembly can. there. Look at that crystal clear. Look at that giant foamy head, dude. That's such a big. I love this, but like you know. Smelling it, I, it smells metallic to me. It smells like there, someone put a penny in my glass. Mm, yeah, which sometimes Modelo can get like, like old. I, I think it's just old. I, I, I get a t- I get a hint of that. It's not mm. overwhelming, but I get God, maybe you're so... talking me into it. But I, I get a hint of that. Yeah, it's, a, a it's a edge. lot for me. Um, like an oxidized edge or something that wasn't there in the taco. Yeah. It's just yeah. that's taco truck's more fresh smelling. Yeah. Tasting. Uh, so drinking it out of the can, I sort of get the metallic, but not really, but putting it in the glass and smelling it, which I don't think I've ever done. Very big metallic, any blood <laughs> smell, which I don't like. The taco truck is, is definitely better, but there's something like that crisp, almost Heineken-like yeast character yeah. that Modelo has that I really like. Yeah, it's soft when you get into the flavor. There's something a little off-putting in the aroma. Not mm-hmm. not too bad, but flavor is yeah, nice head, and smooth. Head-to-head, head the taco truck is crisper and more bitter, and the Modelo is almost maybe slightly fruity. Yeah, I gave you that. Maybe a touch sweeter and has a little more corn to it. I think it's that yeast. I mean, because it, it, it does, you know, now that I said Heineken, that's all I can think about. It does very much, is very reminiscent of Heineken to me. And not the skunk, you know, part, but it's right, that right. the the phenols from the yeast I guess, or the esters, or whatever it is. I always get. Um, they seem they seem similar to me. Like you could probably yeah. give me this, 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 especially this one right now, and say, "Here's a Heineken." I'm like, "Thanks, dude. I love a Heineken." And I would never really know. It. <laughs> I never would know. It. But you know it because it doesn't smell like skunk. But uh, no, that's no. true. Yeah. Heine- well, Heineken, Heineken, Heineken in can. cans doesn't taste like skunk. Yeah, it no, it can. Like so good, dude. I miss those. That in Newcastle in a can. Those are my two. Those, yeah. Um, I don't know, but I, there's not really a whole lot I want to pull from from this one, at, at least this version of of Modelo. But I do think Modelo is more mass marketed. It's I guess like you know Budweiser, of course, right? Where it's not going to be um full. It's not going to have a fullness in any way. It's sort of going to be. It just happens to be a lager from Mexico. I don't really, you know what I mean. I don't really think I don't consider it necessarily a Mexican lager. But I'm at the store. I'm like, hey, I like this beer anyway. I'll buy it. <laughs> but um. Well, it's also come has come from Mexico, and the taco truck came from Turlock. So it's like two okay. hours versus. 
versus you know several days probably. <laughs> several. Uh, do you know how far here. Mexico is? It's not that far. It's, it's not that far. I'm just, just thinking kidding. trains I'm, I'm and sitting you. in the desert. You know, yeah. it's it, it, it's winter time, so probably the heat that big of a deal. But it's like when beers come from Europe. Right? I mean, it's not like it's because it's from Mexico. Right. I mean, stuff gets unloaded mm-hmm. on a in New York or New Jersey. You get stuck on a train. It's not refrigerated. It cooks all the way across that giant desert in the middle of the country, uh, and it gets here, and it's kind of oxidized and not at its best. Yeah, uh, and it's entirely possible this set somewhere on a train. It's hit or uh, miss, or absolutely somewhere, on, somewhere hot in Mexico for a while before it got here. Sure. Uh, anything you guys want to take from this, or should we move on? Fast. They, yeah, they may refrigerate the trucks too. You never know. You don't. But it's as I'm going back possible. and forth again with the taco truck, it's actually I I, I want to reverse what I said earlier. The taco truck has a little more of the corn character to it. It's a little richer malt. Yeah, as it warms up, I did pull these like right out of the fridge. Um, lighter in the flavor. Yeah, I prefer the taco truck. I do too. I, I think yeah. I do too. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's okay, open the ale smith. That's Let's the five point. Five. These are both 5.5, the next ones. Or no. Yeah. Which I was surprised two. to not, not, not only see Ale Smith up here, but they had a Mexican lager. Once again, mm-hmm. so what I'm gathering from this style is that there's a lot of head retention. I mean, that's, you know, it, actually, it's weird. It's cloudy like the taco truck, but it's, um, look at that head, man. Jeez. Yeah. I, I poured my Ale Smith a while back and uh, kind of let it warm up some. But yeah, when I first poured it, it had the biggest head of any of these four beers. Yeah, that's wild, man. Getting a little perfumey hop in the nose up front. Oh, yeah. Different than the other stuff we've tasted. I agree. Like a little floral thing. They might be using a noble a German hop or something in this. It's uh, the aroma for me is is like hay, like yeah. like golden straw, like warm straw. Yeah, it's more grainy smelling than the yeah. other ones. Less less on the corn side, maybe. But uh, yeah, there's something a little sharp nose there. That's not not unpleasant, but sit to the other ones. Get you know, right now. This is blowing off the initial, you know, the sulfurs and the hop, the more volatile hop aromatics are going up nose here. So yeah, and like the 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 aroma Floral, is crazy because perfume, it's bubble little. Almost like bubblegum-like note to it. There's something interesting here. Not really fruity now, but there's something in... I don't know if it's because... Yeah, because I I read on the can where they say uh, hint of corn tortillas. And I read that and I'm like... Because, you know, when you put a... When you throw a... I don't know how you heat up your corn tortillas, but, you know, I'll put them on the gas stove and, like, turn them on so they get a little crunchy on the outside, a little burnt almost. I like a burnt tortilla, I'll be honest, in places. it's And those can kind of have a sweet... That sweet corn kind of thing. And I... Oh, yeah. Am I getting that? Or did I just read it from there and then it imprinted on my brain, my dumbass? But yeah, the the nose is very um, rustic in a, in a mm-hmm. positive way. It's very uh, ranch farm. You know, uh, it, it's almost like when when I first poured, it, I was like, oh, of course the Alesmith guys probably have some weird ass heritage corn or something like that. It, it's that kind of that <laughs> that kind of like intense um, you know flavor of a, of a grain or some sort of starch in there. Yeah, I, I kind of what you say about the corn tortilla and the stoves. You're get, my, get my on, wife get knows, on your mic, buddy. Sorry, my my yeah. wife knows how to uh, get those corn tortillas just right on the gas stove. There you and go. They're so they're so good. I, mean, I would burn them or they'd be too raw, but <laughs> she gets them just right, and they're so good. When and they're they're warm and they're you know, a little little toasty, a little maybe slightly burned, like you were saying, a little yeah. bit. Not not they're not black, but you got like a few little burn marks, and that 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 carbon flavor is just really good. It, it's yeah. 
I, I definitely get some corn tortilla out of this. Their website doesn't really offer much. It just says what it says on the can. Uh, made with the finest quality German and Vienna malt as a mm. uh, subtle hop aroma, hint of corn tortilla, and refreshing finish. So I would imagine there's corn in here, even though yeah. they're not saying it. And I wonder why they're not saying it. If it's because they're still like, corn is bad. You know, that marketing mm. from the 90s. That, <laughs> yeah. That's that's what 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 what, uh, uh, what Miller does, Yeah. I'm drinking Doesn't it now. Mean it's bad if they add corn. I mean, corn is very flavorful, and it's got a lot of good qualities to put in beer. It's interesting drinking the the in the alcohol different. Like this is this this yeah. beer has like some heft to it. I think it might be a little a little, bit. A, a little overaged. It wasn't treated very well. I guess I get like a raisiny thing, which by no account is the fault of Alesmith. It's more Bevmo, but that you know the devil you Bevmo. You know what I mean? But there's a lot to there's a lot to like. There is a firm bitterness. Um, that aromatic yeah. is awesome. I would love something that aromatic in, in a beer that we make. You know, that that corn, that warm corn tortilla char Brady, a little bit. Yeah. He like, like, yeah. Yeah. Like perfume and floral hops. Yeah. It's yeah. Kind of, it's balanced to the uh, what's going on there. I like the flavor too. It's pretty easy drinking. I'm not getting big oxidation here, but might be just slightly. You're not. Okay. Am I am yeah, I making I, it up? I'm you not think? getting huge oxidation myself. I'm, there's a little, maybe a little bit, but I, it's not huge to me. Okay. This is, you know, the, the cans we're getting have been around since uh, September last year. Oh, the bottom. Okay. So it is a little mm. probably past its prime. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm sure this is a lot, a lot better. It's a fresher can that hasn't been sitting at Bebmo for six or Well, also to brew in Mexican lager in September. Hell yeah, dude. Good. Well, I mean, they're in San Diego, so. Mm, mm, but uh, mm. yeah, I mean, you know, I yeah, I bet, I bet fresh. This will kick your ass. This is so how the, good it is. The taco truck is two twenty twenty three. It's fresher. Okay. All right, and you can tell it's fresher. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, definitely. So to, when I'm down in San Diego for homebrew con, I have to go to Alesmith and taste some of this Mexican lager down there, fresh source. And I will report back to you. But yeah, see if you can talk to them about what's in it, like corn wise, yeah. and like you know, I'm interested in that kind yeah. of corn flavor. There's something complex here that's interesting. And what's, what's yeah. fresh? I'm sure this is domestic. And I'm trying to find like if you can if you can get flaked heritage corn, bloody butcher oh, you could malted get all red kinds corn. of oh flaked heritage. Yeah. Yeah, like already flaked, so we don't have to do a cereal mash. Flake it yourself. <laughs> I don't even know how. I wouldn't even know how to do that heat it up and press it through some rollers oh Here's okay something, uh, from a place called great fermentations sugar creek malted oaxacan green corn crushed one pound green corn i don't even know what i don't know what this was made in lebanon indiana i wonder if you could get that multicolored corn like crushed <laughs> and flaked that would be cool well, that'd be great we were talking uh when warren and i were doing um the fuck is that dumb show we had heads and tails people use like bloody that was butch. a great show i i enjoyed Thanks. that show a lot no one would come on it was much like this show like we just uh, didn't have people uh, fucking uh, on suck uh and the bottles are too expensive for us to just buy and sit there and talk about it um yeah Anyway, uh, people are using like the bloody butcher corn. I think we've had people on the session that use that too. That's like the sort of heritage corn that makes the rounds, and you can buy it, but it's not flaked or whatever. And I don't know if I want to go through the process of whatever that means. To you can get it crushed from uh, great fermentations. Yeah, but is it? But you have to do a cereal mash, probably. I don't even know what that is, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah, it should be mashed with base malt for complete conversion. I saw Warren at CBC. Oh yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. We we hung out for a little bit. Uh, It was always, always nice to see him. Yeah, I guess. All right, let's do the last one. Yeah. Let's do the farmer's <laughs> brewing. Man, these poor are very lively. So this is one I almost didn't purchase because, it, well, actually there was there, there was one at Bebmo that was very it was from oh. San Jose, but I, it looked very like uh, uh, like partner brewing, like someone just has a brand. You know, yeah, yeah um, I, I hear that. But this one, I, you know, I don't know. It, it was uh, seems I don't know. It was just the 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 farmer's brewing didn't really seem like. Uh, uh, 
I don't know. Their slogan is put your lips on a farmer. You got to like that. Mm. Well, that was one of the reasons like, I don't know about that. That's very, very late, late nineties marketing. California. Yeah. Where so is Princeton, California. I've I don't know. Heard of that, but that is a clear ass beer, dude. Where is it? It's a little sweet. I get a little sweetness off of this one. It smells Princeton hoppy. Is... Like it smells like there's, 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 there's like a fresh, more American style hop uh, quality to this. Yes. Right. It's like uh, citrusy modern American hops. Princeton is um, in Calusa County by the Sacramento River, uh, a little bit uh, west of Oroville. Okay, nice. I've never been there. Okay. No, I've never even heard about it, but, uh, you know, it looks no, it looks neither. cool. I think their gig is like they, they farm all their stuff. Like they grow all this shit. It's like farm to can or whatever. That's cool. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy these guys, dude, and we'll see what's up. This is the strongest one of the four. It's a five and a half or uh, the Alesmith was five two. Dello four four. So light. Super light. Ta- yeah, Taco Truck four seven. So, yeah. Yeah, the aroma then, the aroma almost smells worty, like under mm. fermented or whatever. Yeah, that's maybe the, I, I don't know if it goes so far as to call it worty. I, I mm. do get some sweetness out of it. Okay, yeah, may, okay. All right. Maybe that's it. But maybe, I mean, if you, if that's what, if you smell worty, you smell worty. You know, that's, that's your, your perception is your perception yeah but it doesn't mean my vocabulary can't be corrected a little bit you know yeah. um so a, a, a 2a uh international pale lager can go from about four and a half up to six percent that's kind of the common imagine getting a six percent mexican lager six would be an outlier <laughs> yeah Fuck, man. i would say the the mexican lagers for this style they lean towards the crisper uh you know more corn heavy and um really dry refreshing side of the style whereas others can have a little more sweetness Others can have a little more, a little more alcohol. You don't usually see six percenters, but five and a half isn't uncommon. No. Uh, you know, Modelo at four four, and that's a you know I'm sure considered a, a pretty standard Mexican lager to get there. And uh, that's you know it's just in the hot sun, drinking a lot of you know trying to get a few of these in without completely dehydrating yourself. It's you know, it's par for the course, I would say. Yeah. Sunny, hot climate, and uh, Turlock's pretty sunny and hot in the summer too. They're in the Central Valley there. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's that's not far from Fresno. No, but the brewery there is really nice. I've I've uh, I've been there and, and uh, my band performed at an Oktoberfest party there. It was fantastic fun. Oh wow, that sounds I, pretty I cool. Wore my later hose and then had a gun. Mm-hmm. Of course you did. There you go. Yeah, we got a hotel and stayed nearby, so we're just like yeah, no holds barred. Just had a lot of fun. Mm. What do you think about this beer? Nice. You know, it's I find it lighter and less challenging in the flavor. It's like an yeah. alcohol delivery mechanism. It's it's a little stronger and the, it goes down easy and smooth, but it's not challenging in many other ways just you know yeah it's a it for me i would uh, it's a little hot i would prefer it at like if this was like four seven or eight i think i think it would really benefit because it would be so much lighter and like i think crisper but here um, i'm getting almost no corn flavor it's really just kind of kind of gone and i don't know i'm not getting oxidation it tastes no. pretty fresh it's I, nice yeah this is the thing i i like the beer i think that it's well made i think there's a lot of attention yeah. to detail yeah. the ingredients are great um it's definitely uh the most different than the three or the four that we've tried but I, you know, if if I were if I were making this for me, I would I would lower the alcohol a bit because I think I think that I think yeah. it throws it a little. I don't know you if it's a Mexican a beer lager. That's this big in body. It's yeah. a very full-bodied beer. 
you don't expect a Mexican logger to have that much body. Right. I think it's too much body. I, I, I almost don't think it's a Mexican logger. It almost tastes more like like a more long lines like a jerk like a, a hellas but okay. not yeah. but not but not the I, not I, the I yeast go, flavor. Brian yeah. Cooper Cooper is offended right now. He he hung his head. Yeah. And I'm not saying uh, that like uh, you would you go oh, this is a hellas because the the yeast character isn't there but in that sort of capacity of that that type of malt heaviness. Uh I don't know. Yeah. It's <laughs> I know. I don't think you guys are going off on a lot of tangents here. Yeah, Body uh, it's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's not a hell. It's, it's. I know it's not. I'm saying it's more along the lines of that than it is a Mexican lager. It's more it's more watery tasting. There's like the lightness of flavor. It's not like maybe watery in texture necessarily or, you know, but it's just not it's not crisp because it's lacking that it's it's crispy. It's it's, it's flabby. I don't know. Hmm. It's flabby in like a wine sense. You know, Coop, you're the guy that blends. What if you tried to blend a taco truck and a Classico? Okay. Get like the hops, like the bitterness of the taco truck and like the corn tortilla and, and and like the high flavor of the, the ale smith. If I had an extra glass okay, in front of me, that. I would do it right now. Well, I brought a fifth glass out just for this purpose. So thank because you. Because you're, you're the king of blending, man. Ooh, you, you should that's be good. Like, you should have a blendery. Yeah, the Classico with the taco truck. That is nice. That is nice. So I, I, so I was thinking that maybe the taco truck, I like it a lot. It might be a little bitter for the style. Yeah. And if you combine that with the Classico, you maybe get a better bitterness level and also get the benefit of the other flavors of the Classico. Okay. I'm blending the, the truck is very clean and very, it's got a lot of flavor too. It's very clean. I did about a 60, 40. I think that's, that's what I would want out of our, out of our, um, I said the taco up. truck separately with the Modelo. I tried that other blend and it was okay, but the, the Modelo has a little fr- fresher and and you know it's it's just light and out of the way. Uh, taco truck, uh, you know, bringing in some of that that corn richness boosts the Modelo a little bit, and that's yeah. nice. Mm. Yeah. Here's the thing. But then I'm just gonna yeah add the other two, of course, because <laughs> why not? Here's the thing about all these beers; they're all well made, and yes. and blending them together, it's sort of I don't know. It's it's homogenizes all the I don't know. I I don't I guess really don't know where I'm going with it. I think it's really neat. I think it's really cool. It, it um, washes out the things that you don't care for about certain ones. Like oh, okay, that's a little too much this, too little too much that, and then they all kind of come together. Yeah, but it also makes me appreciate those things when I drink them individually. Yeah. So it's very odd. It's like exactly. Yeah, the like, um, Jason, you're always yeah. the one that talks about things that poke out. Sometimes when you blend, you kind of remove or you, you the things that poke out kind yeah. of don't poke out as much. Right. And they become maybe more pleasant because it's blended yeah. with yeah. something else that you know, rounds it takes out. down that the pot yeah, it rounds them out. Yeah. Retasting the ale smith as it's warm, I get honey. And I think that's oxidation creeping in just, you know, because it's, you know, nine months old. Yeah, just even smelling it as I'm sipping it, it's like honeysuckle. The farmers yeah, doesn't I, have I, that. I get there's, a little, I get a little honey in that. Yeah. As, there's as nothing, I, nothing as challenging about the farmers. It's just alcohol and a little malt. There's not even. A, it's missing that graininess. It's missing that corn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's part of what makes the Alesmith interesting. And the taco truck has a nice corn. But I do like that malt flavor in that farmers. The the uh, yeah. the uh, baye, I guess. I don't know. It's, yeah. Um, I do, I do like, I do like that the core flavor of that beer is very yeah, good. It, it tastes like a very good, uh, but it does very good malt, like a very good yeah pills pills malt. Yeah, it just doesn't but taste like a Mexican lager. That's it doesn't have the yeah. enough of the corn. Yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. They're, they're going light I, on the corn. I mean, drinking out of the can. Uh, yeah, it's. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what it would be without without the corn. I. I 
I can't get over Hellas, even though it. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, it's, it's I, probably I was reading yeah more Hellas like than any of the others. Yeah, but, but yeah, but it's not, and I know that, and I appreciate. Um, let's because it a, also has a little hop, but it's also not the right kind of hop, Hellas. So it's, right, it's interesting. It's, yeah, I was talking more it, pure like malt and body. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, we're taking a break. We're gonna come back and we're gonna figure out what we're gonna brew, what recipe we're gonna make, and uh, we'll do it on the fly here. I think it'll be fun. So hang on, everyone. It's Doctor mm-hmm. Homebrew. We'll be right back. What's up, homebrewers? Hey, let me ask you a question. You spend a lot of time making your beer taste the way you want it to, right? Some of you even send beers into Dr. Homebrew for feedback. Well, the next logical step in your creativity is to craft some labels for those beers. And there's nobody better at creative labels than Grog Tag. Their easy-to-use designs let you turn out some pretty amazing stuff like labels, bottle caps, coasters, even six-pack carriers with minimal effort on your part. They have a range of label sizes that fit any vessel you can think of. Bottles, cans, growlers, kegs. GrogTag has you covered. Head over to grogtag.com today and check out their line of amazing, fully customizable templates and get your beer looking its best. GrogTags are water-resistant, reusable, and will have your naked bottles looking great in no time. That's grogtag.com and be sure to use code BNARMY at checkout to save 10% on your order. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. Thanks for sticking around, everybody. Uh, we are back. We're going to be plugging along with our Mexican lager show. Is that right, Brian Shar? It's fine. You got something to do? No worries. Okay, sure. Because, I mean, we're not... I don't really care. I can, we can just it, re It's not a big deal. We're almost done. We're, we're almost I, done. I can call her in half an hour. It's not a big deal. Okay. I would like to be done in half an hour, so that's great. All right, perfect. Um, okay, so let's get started. Do, do I need to, like, pull up my fucking beersmith and, like, pay for the thing to get this doing? Or, Cooper, do you have something? No. All right, well then, uh, let me open this up and let me do this whole thing. Probably should have figured this out beforehand, but that's my fault. Buy a new Smith license. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, one-time basic. Okay, so you can just buy it. Basic cloud membership, desktop version only, minor updates only. I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> that means they're minor not going to give you the major... When, when they do a re-overhaul of it and give all these improvements, you don't get it. y'all just get the minor stuff. Web editing not included. What the fuck does that even... You know, I was still using ProMash like six years ago, which is nuts. I had to like use some emulator on like Windows 8 or something to be able to run it too. So mm. mad. I'm just going to pound the rest of these Mexican lagers while you're doing that. Four cans, easy, yeah! Is he drinking? 
JP's not amused at all. <laughs> no, I'm just annoyed that I got to go through this stuff. It's it's all right. It's fine. I'm not worried about it. Um, just I hate no, having it's, to, it's I hate up. having to buy something fucking over fifteen dollars over, over again. Fifteen dollars, yeah, okay. but it's only but you can't do month to month. It's a fucking one year. I don't like it. Uh, yeah. I just I mean I understand the 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 amount of effort that goes into it. I respect it and I appreciate it. But it's just too much, man. It's, I, it's too much. I could do a pico brew recipe for a standard. Sorry, not standard American. Well, I already did. It. I already, I already did it. So you're not gonna. We're not gonna do something different. Okay. You know what I mean? Oh, okay, I didn't know you already did it. But yeah, uh, a year. We need to have some corn in the recipe. Charge it to Justin. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But it is a tax write-off. So what is this called? What's the beer style? Two um, A International Pale Lager. International Pale Lager. There we go, Dave. All right, and we're going to call this uh, Dr. Home. No, Dr. Ombre is what it has to be called. Dr. Ombre. <laughs> ombre. Dr. Ombre. All right. Okay, so what is the first, what are we doing for malt? Well, we're doing five, let's do, we're doing a five-gallon batch. Okay, yeah. so let's add a fermentable. What are we going to add? What is, just, is it going to be two-row? Is it a, more of a German malt because it's a German sort of influenced style? Uh, so classically, you would use six-row barley in a, you know, but you can use two-row barley in a international pale lager i don't even uh, think people make six row barley anymore here's the thing yeah i mean the six yeah. row barley is what you need when you're doing a cereal mash and you're gelatinizing the starches from your corn or rice and then you're adding it into your main mash it needs more enzymes to convert it six row barley has a lot more enzymatic power the diastatic power is higher and it's able to convert that 30 percent corn charge right. with no problem it's got enough to convert itself and then probably 70 percent extra 100 percent extra it ferment a whole nother thing with no enzymes in it um but yeah i mean chances are a lot of these probably use two row barley is that what we want to use like with some of these malt characters that are coming through yeah. do you think two row is that it or should we do like a like a sweeter like a golden promise or something like that to maybe offset or accentuate some corn or you know what I mean? Like we can just sort of do all that. You know, this is not a perfumey Pilsner malt here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I don't know that it's a two-row. I mean, bring me a mix of Pilsner and two-row, but corn as well, right? I mean, corn is going to be... I, well, we were doing this this thing. There's a, a brewery in Phoenix. Uh, a t they do a Tio Oso uh, uh, Mexican lager. They're like, corn is ubiquitous in Mexican culture. It's in the tortillas. It's in the food. It's everywhere. And I, we've talked about that in some of these beers about the corn influence. Yeah. Uh, and I think whatever we do, we want to have some corn, maybe some Pilsner. But I, I wouldn't yeah. have this be all two-row or six-row. Yeah, you can blend Pilsner and, and, uh, and, and two-row. I, I don't know if we're going to find, yeah, I mean, six-row. If we're going to use so we have to decide if we're going to use flake gradients or if we're going to use i mean do we want to be hard on ourselves or no i don't think we, we i would think we want to be easy on ourselves because okay. um you know none of us really care that much yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean like, like we're, we're 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 trying to have a good time yeah. but okay. if we and especially because we want shard to be able to do this but i mean it, mm. cooper if you want to if you i'll tell you what let's do this and see how it works and if we want to try to like be hard on ourselves in another challenge we could definitely do something like that. i think that could be fun right okay. yeah so let's do a blend of, of uh two row and pale small maybe 60 40 70 30 most I, i'll go mostly uh pale two row yeah maybe 60 40 or i mean what what uh, coop do you think uh, is there much gonna be much of a difference between 60 40 and 70 30 i mean 10 percent. Mm. or we uh, go right in the middle go 75 25 yeah we, we could do that you uh, on on in favor of what in favor of two row in favor of two row. yeah okay yeah because this is not i mean Germ german pilsner german hellas all the german styles are very perfumey pilsner 
it's going to be none too, of these beers are very per, are super perfumey like too characterful and it's also going to risk kicking off a little more sulfur than we want yes okay i'm not getting sulfur in any of these it's i mean there's very light sulfur but it's not it blows off really quick and it's not not offensive at all it's a sign that it's a lager beer. Very nicely lagered. Okay. What's next? So, and then we got the corn. So how much corn yeah. should we have? What's that percentage of? Okay. Yeah. So the, yeah, the blend of 75, 25 and corn, I would say at least 20%. Yeah. I, I would agree with that because we want to be able to lift the corn. You said 20%? But it, should, but it shouldn't be overwhelming. Okay. 20, 20% of the fermentables is probably a good starting. That's sort of what I was yeah. thinking too. You don't want it to be too, too heavy or and you know, on the corn or too, you know, just too much uh, uh, cereal adjunct is going to uh, make it too light bodied. Yeah, but I, but I think the point of these beers is to have it stand out. No, it's like yeah. anything, right? You you want it you want it to accentuate and and be noticeable. Um, yeah, and I, I think I a lot of Mexican lagers don't have that. Yeah, you could you know I could be talked into twenty five percent, but I think twenty is fine. <laughs> I think twenty is fine. Okay. I do sort of wish we had like heritage corn that's like flake, and maybe I'll try to poke around the internet and see if I can find. Yeah, it. yeah, let's try to find fun. something some interesting corn that's going to yeah. be more character per percentage in the grain bill. Yeah, yeah I, I'm totally on board with that. So of the total grain bill, what is the percentage of two-row and Pilsner and corn? Okay, so of the the the, the 20% corn, mm-hmm. and then the remainder is uh, 0.8. So uh, 0.8 times 0.75 is 0.6. It's 60% uh, two-row. Yeah, but so what do I put in, in for the, uh, for like how many pounds? And You know what I mean? So right now I have 20% let's just start, corn. Let's start with percentages. Let's yeah. start with percentages. So right now I have 20% corn right i have 30 percent corn i have 32.6 percent pilsner and 47.4 percent two row okay that's not right it should be 60 yeah. percent two row because <laughs> yeah it just adjusted for you and you should have um 20 uh, percent of of uh pilsner okay so that still gives you that 75 to 75 percent two row to 25 uh, uh pilsner malt i think we should use the the german german pilsner malt not just any environments or something yeah so i'm gonna I, so, I agree with that yeah i agree with that uh, that's what I have. Oh, I don't want to increase that. Okay. Um, okay. Although now, we, what we can consider is adding a little Vienna or something there else for a little color and a little stingness. Sure. Malt bill. Well, okay. Well, so right now well, we have nine yeah. points. Well, let's see. Okay. So first of all, that is way too high. Uh, but we can <laughs> we can adjust that down because we have right nine percent ABV uh, Mexican lager. It says the estimated original gravity is a ten eighty four, and that's not Ooh. what we want. <laughs> Uh, 1084. But the cool Let's thing, make ab- an imperial Mexican lager, but the, the turn it into a 10 gallon batch. Yeah. <laughs> well, the the cool thing about about this is that it can um it'll scale it'll scale up and down so i'm not worried about that yeah. we'll get to that you know later i guess okay uh do we want to add vienna i personally yeah. don't think we need to i don't know um, if we were going to go in the direction of a bohemia or a negro modelo i'd say yes but i based on these beers i don't think we're going that direction i don't think so either what if we just did a very a very small percent just add Let's a, do it. a two and a half percent or something you know, okay of, an ounce yes sure 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 just for an edge of interestingness Vienna malt, six ounces. There you go. All right, let me slide this motherfucker down. So what's our, what should be our starting gravity? Uh, probably around ten forty five. Sure, are you good with that? Sounds right to me. Okay, that's gonna get us. That's gonna get us to like a, a five ish percent. Okay, slide a little under five. That's probably nice. So we got exactly. I think I, based on what we were discussing earlier, I, I think that we would like to be you know maybe like a four point eight, four point seven, something like that. Okay. So for the malt bill, we have uh fifteen. Oh no, excuse me. What the hell am I talking about? Fifty eight point six percent two row. Nineteen. 
19.5% Pilsner, German Pilsner, um, 19.5% flaked corn, and 2.3% uh, Vienna malt. Okay. okay. And that's 14.4 pounds, uh, 1 pound 10 ounces, 1 pound 10 ounces, and 3.1 ounces. And a 10, this is, must be a 10 gallon batch. 5 gallon batch? 14 pounds of grain? Yeah. No, okay. no, no. Four, f- uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine and a third. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's better. All right, let's do hops. What are we doing hop-wise? This is the problem. This is the ever-present yeah. the ever present question. <laughs> Whenever okay. you... And this is the hard part about making a recipe from scratch is because you want to just do... My mind goes in all different directions. Should we yeah. do new school? Should we do classic? What, okay. are we, what are we doing? Are we trying to... Maybe this is a more of a, a, a better question. Are we trying to brew a beer that we like to drink? Or are we trying to brew a beer to style? Where if we entered it into a competition, it would score... It would be the winning beer, obviously. Yeah. Is that what we're trying to yeah. do? I feel like that's what we should yeah. be trying to do. So we don't yeah. want the hops to twist American. Right. We also don't want... Honestly, you probably don't want the hops to twist too strongly towards a really characterful German. Um, maybe a, a, so maybe a neutral bittering hop like yep. Magnum yep. at a very small amount. Okay. And then the aroma, maybe blending a couple of um, of German German hops like, uh, you know, Tetnang and Spalt or something like that. Just so it has that, you know, that classic European, but but to me, the, the Hallertau, I think is going to be characterful and it's going to take over with Laurel and Gnome. I mean, the others are, are very nice soft, soft hops as, and, and yep. have their own characters too, but if you blend them, it might wash out some of some of that. I don't know. I'm just spitballing no, here. No, I, I, yeah. I agree because you know, Mexican lager is this really fascinating mix of you know indigenous ingredients and and German and Austrian ingredients that were influenced heavily by the the German and Austrian immigrants to Mexico. So mm-hmm. I, I think having that German hop character in here would be great. Yeah, I think so I mean, too. It's it's not a super. This is not a style that has a lot of hop flavor, a lot of hop aroma, but a little bit should be here. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, actually, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we're going to figure out uh, how much hops to put in, and then what yeast, and then we're done. We're out of here. This okay. is I can't wait to brew this. So hang on, everyone. It's Doctor Homburg. We'll be right back. Now, back to the examination. All right, here we are. I promised you. I, I told you we'd be back, and we are. Here we are. Um, okay, so we got Magnum, Spalt, and Tetanang. What are we um, What are we doing? Are we doing the, the classic, like, 60, you know, 15, you know, 5, or whatever the fuck are we doing? Or or how are we How are we hopping this bitch? I think I would just do a 60 and a 5. 60 and a 5. Yeah. All right, so definitely Agreed. Magnum 60, and then um, maybe just a spalt tetaning blend at 5. We're, we're not whirlpool hopping this thing. <laughs> and then add 6 pounds of uh, <laughs> mosaic. Yeah, mosaic six, cryo. 6 pounds of motueka, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, obviously the... Uh, the alpha acids are going to change when you know once we we buy them or whatever, but uh, they're they're default set. So let me scale this because right now it has forty nine IBUs. Okay. Um, so how hoppy yeah. do we want <laughs> that, this? That's, that's a little that's a little bitter for this. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. So the range think, is eighteen to twenty five. Yeah, let's hit the hit twenty or low twenties. Yeah, I'm, I'm down. To split that, the that's a good idea. Split the, should have a little bitterness to balance, but nothing too challenging. Right. This doesn't have to be in the low end, but it doesn't need to be press, pushing the high end 
for the style either, you know? Yeah, how about uh, 22? Two sounds good. Sounds good to me. Okay. All right, so that brings us to uh, 0.44 ounces of Magnum at 60, point, and that's at 12%. 0.44 mm-hmm. ounces of Spalt at 5 minutes, and that's 4.75% alpha. And then 4.4 ounces of Tetanang at 4 alpha at five minutes uh, was it 4.4 or 0. 0.44 0. 0.44 they're all the same <laughs> thank yeah. you okay uh, did i say 4.4 you said 4.4 okay. like, whoa right. whoa uh, nelly yeah no it's all split uh, evenly uh, it's all it's all 0. 0.44 ounces yeah i like that 44 we can it can be our our logo on the yeah it's the 44 hop there you go um Okay, I mean, I think that that's good. What yeast are we doing? That's the question. There's so many yeasts out there now. Normally, I'd be yeah, like, oh, it's, it's just White Labs, like whatever. But like, there's so many, so many yeasts. Should we, should we each choose our own? Should we just not tell the other person what we're doing for yeast and then we uh, figure uh, it out? Uh, uh, uh. Well, there is a there is a WLP 940 White Labs Mexico Mexican Lager or pitch. Let me uh, get on more so beer because I th- I think more beer has like a bunch of other stuff too. And there's a, yeah, there's if, an Imperial. Yeah, there's it, a, Imperial has Yeah, I think we should do that. Let's Let's, let's not tell each other what we're doing with yeast and let's see what we choose. Oh. Good idea. You know what I mean? And see if we can see if we can just tell. Or we can each maybe first come, first serve, where it's like I get to the, I get to more beer and I go, I'm buying the fucking Imperial or I'm buying the White Labs and you guys have to choose something else. Buying the hazy IPA yeast. <laughs> so we maybe right. we don't double up and maybe we, we try to <laughs> diversify a little bit. Yeah. What do you think? The only difference being the yeast. Yeah, the only difference being the yeast. Yeah. Well, and so Coop yeah. so Shar is brewing on a stove. Yeah, I mean that yes. is gonna be a big difference but there is they have i believe they have flaked maize syrup are you doing extract char or are you doing all grain or partial mash? i i don't know i'm probably gonna do like at least a partial mash probably do a full mash just in my spaghetti pot i'll do like a like a ga- i'll do a gallon of this essentially a gallon maybe two okay. probably probably a gallon gallon and a half probably really? do a, all grain just because the spaghetti pot you know has that center thing with the holes i can lift that up i can my boil after i mash mm-hmm. you know build okay up. so you, yeah, you got the spaghetti spot with the screen yep. and yeah well, exactly. I, could, I could do mine that way too i could just you know we should you. all I, I think part of the beauty of this is that we're going to use the same ingredients, pick our own yeast, and we'll all have different processes. And that'll, that'll be fun. And, you know, it'll be curious. I'll be curious how, you know, what differences come out of the different processes we all have. And maybe when we're done, we'll give these all to, you know, Taryn or my wife or your wife or something. And they can double blind the, uh, the, the entries and we can judge these not knowing whose is whose. That's true. Yeah. Okay, well, there and you go. Got, yeah, we've got process difference and we've got yeast difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could also just standardize the yeast and choose one. I mean... We could, but I, th- I feel like the di- the yeast difference will be f- is is sort of fun. It's something more to yeah. talk about. I, I agree. You I know? Agree. Let's do that. I think we, we have to talk Char into using your, your Pico Brew instead I, of the spaghetti pot. I, th- I, I, I feel I like may, we should. Well, I think you we'll, guys we'll need t- to get we'll together. Talk about this off, we'll talk about this off air. Okay, yeah. let's do that. All right, everybody. That's it. That's our uh, Mexican lager show. I got four beers to finish. Well, three because I don't really think Woo-hoo. I want to finish that Modelo. Um, that's definitely that's definitely a beer to have when you're three beers in and it's really hot. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. now I can start on the beer that doesn't taste very good. But if you I remember, no Modelo, you remember Schaefer? Remember when they had mm-hmm. ads in the late in the mid '80s? The one beer to have when you're having more than one. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> if you, if you want to get <laughs> your homebrew, had, had a drawing of grain on the can. The that means it had to be good. That's Schaefer right. For light. Um, if you want to get your beer on Dr. Homebrew, email Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com and we will evaluate your beer, live BJCP score sheet. If you are a commercial brewer and you want us to 
check your beers out and, and maybe help you, you know, I know it's it's humbling uh, maybe as a commercial brewer to put yourself in this position of dipshit home brewers trying to help you out. But, uh, you know, these guys do know their styles. So if you're trying to like nail a style and really, you know, punch it up and you need our help, Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. If you just want to see maybe what your odds are on the next competition you enter, you know, is this beer to style? Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. You want to hash out recipe issues or if there's some funky flavor that you're not really sure about or whatever, Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. What, what if you brew meads or, or ciders? Uh, you can get fucked, basically. No, uh, Brian <laughs> at thebrewingnetwork.com. <laughs> any beverage. What about sake? Any be- Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. Any beverage you want to send in, anything Good you job. make at home, we will drink and evaluate accordingly. Okay. What do you think of that? Accordingly. Accordingly. Whoa. Mm. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for tuning in. I appreciate it very much. Please uh, don't forget to stop by the Five Star Chemical booth at NHC. Right, Brian? Yeah. All right. And Brian will be there stalking the, the ladies at... Uh, I'll be at, there uh, and... Uh, NHC Homebrew Con. Like us on yeah. Facebook, you know. Um, I don't really care about that. Us. But uh, go. But if you're going to Homebrew Con, stop by Five Star booth. Say hi. Yes. Thank them very much for being a part of this show. And uh, we really appreciate it. Cheers. Yeah. yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks a lot for tuning in. We'll see you.